We praise God this morning that the King of Glory did enter in. He entered into this world, and by faith, he enters into all of our hearts who believe in the work that he's done for us, in the person that he is, the Son of God, perfect man, fully God, and living in our hearts by faith. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you open our ears to hear, that you open our eyes to see. We know we can't see the the things of your glory uh, without your help. Our perspectives, our, our, our ability to perceive has been so clouded by our own sin nature, by the sins around us, by the fallenness of your creation, but we thank you that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you open our eyes. You open our ears so that when we look into your word, we can understand your truth and see what you've done for us through your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that through this Christmas season, that none of us would be guilty of forgetting about the Savior, of forgetting about the baby as we, as we think about all the other things that are going on around us. Help us to stay focused as we ask that you would help us all the time, not just during the Christmas season, but to stay focused on the wonder of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. I'd invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter four this morning. Another um, not usual Christmas text, but one that I want us to look at this morning as we saw last week in, in the letter to the Corinth, the second letter to the Corinthians, that in the middle of the Apostle Paul's teaching on giving, he throws in one of the great Christmas verses, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. That's us, rich because of the poverty of Christ, because of the love of God in sending his son into this world. And taking the, the form of that baby and then being raised in a, in a very lowly condition, spent his life in poverty. And all of, even if he would have been the richest man in the world, it would have been poverty compared to where he came from. And so we saw, as, as the Apostle Paul was teaching the Corinthians and all of us then through the word of God about giving and about being generous, it's all based on what took place in Christmas. It's all based on the grace that was demonstrated in that moment in time. And time is what we want to look at this morning. As the Apostle Paul in in the letter to the Galatians is explaining the, the, the wonderful relationship that Jews and Gentiles can have in the body of Christ. And that was a great mystery from all the Old Testament days up until the coming of Christ. It was a great mystery on how Jews and Gentiles could get along. They fought and they fought and they fought and they still do today. But there's a great coming together in the, in the gospel, in the good news, in the ministry of Jesus Christ, where he brings people that are of the Jewish background in faith and he brings people who had nothing to do with Judaism, Gentiles. He brings them together through faith in Christ. As he breaks down every barrier, he breaks down racial barriers, he breaks down cultural barriers. And in this passage in Galatians chapter 4, We'll see how Christmas is the basis for this reconciliation. Chapter 4, verse 1. What I am saying is 
that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, he is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. And here he's using, I'll pause just for a moment, here he's using the, the, the example of, of slavery and, and childhood to describe the, the situation of God's use of Israel to bring the gospel into the world. He's, he's comparing uh, the Israelites as the, as, the, as the real children, as the heirs of, of the revelation of God, as the heirs of the, of the message of God's um, love for the world, because the Savior, the Messiah, was going to come through the Jewish people. He says, while they were still children, they were just like slaves. Because a child who's an heir doesn't get, to, doesn't get to the benefits of all that he's going to inherit until he comes of a certain age. And he's saying now that the, the Israelites are coming of that age. And look what he says then in verse 3. So also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. And look at verse 4. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son. I want to reread that. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights as sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. By faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, this son that he sent, we, Jewish or Gentile, it doesn't matter, we become heirs of all of the inheritance of God. But all this took place because God is in charge of time. When the time had fully come, the Israelites were looking forward to the Messiah coming. Those who were astute, those who had ears to hear, those who had eyes to see, they were looking forward to the Messiah's coming. They understood from the prophets all the things that were foretold that there was coming a Savior. There's a a picture of that kind of faith in in one of the early Christmas stories in Luke chapter 2. We won't turn to it right now, but when, the, when Mary and Joseph took the baby that God sent into this world, when they took him into the, into the temple uh, to go through the customs that, that the law required, there was a man that always came to the temple, a devout and righteous man named Simeon. And it says that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. You know what he believed? He believed that God was in charge of time. And that God had a plan for this world. And that God had a plan for the Jewish people. That God had a plan for the Gentiles. And that he was going to accomplish this plan through the Messiah. Through his promised Messiah. And the Holy Spirit let Simeon somehow know that he wasn't going to die until he had seen the Messiah. And that day at the temple, as the Spirit urged him to go, 
He saw the baby. He held the baby baby in his his hands, and he said, I'm going to paraphrase, I can die now. I can die now. I've seen your salvation. I've seen the Messiah. You see, all of Old Testament history, all of history, even not related to the Jewish people, it was all waiting for something to happen. And that something happened in the fullness of time, when it was the right time for the Lord to come. Now, lots of times before that, the Israelites thought this would be the right time. This would be the right time for the Messiah to come. When the, when the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt, those who, who, who walked by faith, they probably had many times during that, that slavery experience where they were saying, this would be an excellent time for the Messiah to come. This would be a great time for him to come and give us consolation and give us peace and give us hope and give us comfort. This would be a great time for the Savior to come. But they didn't know. They didn't know it wasn't the fullness of time yet. They didn't know the time wasn't right yet. But they did recognize, as this, as this passage reminds us, that God is in charge of time. God is in charge of all the history that takes place in time. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that this morning. We're living in a very strange time. And we're ready for it to be over. I'm, I mean, I'm, if we were voting, would you vote? I mean, I'd show up for that vote, right? For this, for this all to be over. And we go back. I love that video that we saw before the service started of the, of the men singing the 12 days of Christmas, etc., and I don't know if the, one of the things that stood out to me was how close we were all sitting together at the tables as we watched them. Wouldn't that be cool? Now, I will say, I've noticed that having the chairs spread out, the six feet thing and all that, that does help when, you, when you're coming in late. You can slide right in. It's, you don't have to bug people or anything. So it, there are certain good things happening, you know, as, as a result of this. But won't we be glad when it's over. Well, you know when it's going to be over according to God's word? When God says it's going to be over. See, God is sovereign over time. That's one of the messages of Christmas. There was a time when the Savior was going to come, and it was the time God had appointed for it. Now, a lot of people look at this verse and they think of the, of the unique circumstances that were happening in the world when Jesus came into this world. They think, boy, there was, there was a lot to this verse about the fullness of time. When you think about the, the way that the Roman world had, or the, excuse me, the Roman Empire had kind of changed the whole world. First of all, from all the way from, from the, the British Isles to India North Africa, at least, even, even some Central Africa, and all the way over to Mongolia, the Greek language was spoken. Now, not everybody knew Greek, but, there was, but Greek, the, the Greek language had become the, the language of trade. And so in all the cities of the world, the Greek language was being spoken. And of course, we know that the New Testament was written in Greek, and it was something that the apostles could take with them, and that they could use that language to help the whole world understand the gospel. So that was, a, that was one of the aspects that some people think, well, that was part of the fullness of time. Another thing that happened all the way back, even to the, uh, to the, 
to the rule of the Greeks when Alexander you know, was, was conquering the world, he had started this, this system of roads. And by the time the Lord Jesus showed up, the message of the gospel could be spread out throughout the world quickly because there were great roads. And they could do it in peace because of the power of the Roman Empire. The Lord Jesus was born during this period of history known as the, the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, when the whole world was basically at peace because everybody was afraid of Rome. Now, there were little patches of rebellion here and there, but for the most part, it was a peaceful time in the history of the world, and the gospel could be spread throughout the world very quickly during that time period. So there were lots of things going on that that point to this being a really good time for the Lord Jesus to come. But most of all, when God says in his word, when the time had fully come, he's really talking about when the right time had come for him to bring his son. He knew exactly what needed, ha- needed to happen. He knew exactly what all the world conditions were, but he knew exactly the way he had put this plan together. Because he uses a very, very similar phrase in Ephesians chapter 1 when he's talking about the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Let's turn to that real quickly. Ephesians, just one, it's just one letter after, after Galatians. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1, we'll start with verse 9. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, and listen to this, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. It's almost the exact same phrase. When the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. So just as he had a special appointed time to send his son into the world, he also has another specially appointed time to send his son into the world. When the Lord Jesus will not come as a baby, will not come as a teacher, but will come as the reigning king. And when he comes the next time, he will put everything under his feet. Everything will be put into order. Of course, we're, we're waiting for that. And just like the Jews who had, who had received that word from the Old Testament, we now, who have the Old Testament and the New Testament, we receive this word, and when we see that God is the Lord over time, then that should give us great peace and great comfort as we recognize that with him being in charge, he knows what he's doing. And as a loving father, because remember, God sent his son, as John 3 tells us, the son that he so loved to make us also the children that he so loves. But as God sent his son, he knew the right time to do that. That timing worked out great for all of us because sometime between the time that the, the Lord Jesus was sent and the time that we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, so I'm speaking to all of us who have put our trust in Christ or maybe will today, God worked it out in time for the right person to hear the message, 
to come to faith themselves and then to tell somebody else that message and, and them, then that person coming to faith in Christ all the way until that message got to us. Wouldn't it be an exciting thing to see all the, all the people that were involved in us getting the message, in us coming to faith in Jesus Christ since that day in Bethlehem? Since that day that Simeon held the baby in his arms and said, I see, now I'm holding, and I'm looking at your salvation. Wouldn't it be great to see all the people that God has used to bring all of us to this place where we are today? Some of us here to express our faith. Some of us maybe here to begin our faith. But whatever the case, God has been faithful in time to bring us to faith in Christ. Some of the people that God used to bring us to faith in Christ went through horrific things in their lives. They were were probably like the children of Israel back when they were slaves. Some of the people that were involved in bringing us to faith in Christ through their lives and through their work, they were probably saying, Lord Jesus, please come. It's got to be the right time. I don't think I can take it anymore. I don't think I can take one more bad thing to happen in my life. But you know what God said? It's not time yet. I'm the Lord of time. And I know when the right time is to come for my son to come. And until then, trust me, I'm going to use you. Even through the difficulties of life, I'm going to use you. You keep on going. And all of us here today can say, praise God that those people kept on going. Because we're a part of the fruit of their ministry. And again, who knows, with a, with a group like we have today and, 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 and participating online, who knows how many thousands of people were involved through their lifetimes in living their lives faithfully to Christ, in doing the things that God called them to do, in sharing their faith with others that eventually brought us to faith in Christ. I share that to give us hope this morning, to remind you, that as the time was, had fully come for the Lord Jesus to come, until the time has fully come for him to come back, he's going to use us. He's going to use us. On good days, he's going to use us. On difficult days, he's going to use us. This morning I heard a testimony. Someone had gotten bad news that a surgery that they, that they really need um, just got denied by the insurance company. Ever heard that story before? Well, it just, it just, uh, they just got the news, you know, a week before the surgery that ins- insurance company's not going to pay. Now, that's not the end of it. Of course, there's the, the dance, you know, that has to take place after that. Hopefully, they'll, they'll still cover it. But this person said, after I, or or one of the things that God used to help me recover from my disappointment was I was going to have the opportunity to help the people that I was going to be talking to now through this insurance battle, to help them to see how a Christian handles adversity and disappointment. That's a pretty good perspective. What if that was our perspective? What if that was all of our perspective? And that we recognize that even the difficulties 
are going to be opportunities for us to shine for Christ. Are going to be an opportunity for us to be a part of this great movement in history. Remember, all of this that's happening is in history, is in time. And we're all a part of this. And what if we all recognize that even on the difficult days, even on the sad days, even on the tragic days, God is still working in time through his people on his way to the next stage of this great plan that he has laid out, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what if we all committed ourselves to submit ourselves to this Lord of history, this Lord who brings fulfillment to the time, this Lord who sent his son when the time was right to do the thing that we so desperately needed him to do, born of a woman, so that he could save all of us who are born of women. That's all of us. Born under the law, so he could save all of those who are under the law. The Jewish law and the natural law, the law that we all have written on our hearts. He fulfilled all of that law perfectly, so he could save, so he could redeem all of us who were slaves to sin of breaking that law. All of us were like that. Every single one of us were born into sin, and we've, and we've done very little else than break the laws of God, whether the laws written on our hearts or the laws that are recorded in God's word. But he sent his son at just the right time so that the message would go out and it has reached us and it has brought salvation, it has brought forgiveness of sins, it has brought the gift of eternal life to every single one of us who believe. And God has been patiently working through history to bring us to Christ. He will continue to patiently work through history to use us to see others come to Christ as we wait on the next fulfillment of the times when the Lord Jesus returns. And so, as we celebrate Christmas this year, let's recognize that part of the message is that God is sovereign over time. We don't need to be in a hurry. We don't need to be in despair. When we don't think we can take it anymore, remember, those who went before us, they stayed faithful to the Lord. And the end result was us coming to faith in Christ. Well, what would happen if we stayed faithful to the Lord, even through the difficulties that we face? Wonder who will come to faith in Christ because of our influence, because of our witness, because of our ministry. Remember that. That's part of the message of Christmas. God sent his son in the fullness of time. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for your sovereignty. We want to thank you that nothing surrounding the history of Israel, nothing surrounding the birth of your son, nothing surrounding the the many, many series of events that have taken place since the birth of your son, nothing 
has caught you by surprise. You've ordained it all and you've used it all to bring forth good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Father, we we recognize ourselves as those people because we do love you and we have been called according to your purpose. And so we know according to your word and according to our experience, we know that as the sovereign one over time and history, you are the one who is able to make all things work together for good. And we thank you for that. We have a hard time believing that when we're in the middle of it. But we thank you for the way you prepare us by renewing our minds through the study of your word, through the reading of your word, through the sharing of your word with one another. We thank you for the way you renew our minds so that we can understand, even in pain and even in difficulty, even in a long wait, that we can still believe that you will use everything to work together for good for those of us who love you and are called according to your purpose. We thank you for the great love that you demonstrated for us in sending your son into this world. We thank you for doing it in just the right time. And we thank you that we have this opportunity, this this amazing opportunity to celebrate like we celebrate here in the United States. We thank you for the, the privilege of public worship. We thank you for the, the, the joy of freedom of speech that we can use to praise you, to pray to you, to tell others about you. And we pray that you'd help us to use these freedoms well. Make us fruitful as we continue on in the long chain of people that faithfully served you through thick and thin, through good and bad, through easy times and hard times to continue sharing this great news. And Father, again, we ask that you'd make us fruitful in this ministry, in this opportunity that you've given us to shine for you no matter what our circumstances. And we thank you for the circumstances that you used to bring our Lord Jesus into this world. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.